What up, guys? This is The Chase Down. I'm JP, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's going on, everybody? And today we have an over-under episode for you guys. Me and Ben are not huge bettors. Um, I've never placed a bet in my life, but I like to pay attention to it because I think it's cool, and I like to watch from afar. Uh, I know, Ben, you had a little bit of experience betting. How'd that go? Um, Not great. Uh, You know, like... 50-50 50-50 with my wins, but most of my bigger losses, most of my bigger bets were on losses. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy betting. I enjoy getting into it. I don't spend a lot of money on it anymore. Yeah. So we're just going to give you our general thoughts as like novice bettors, and it's just something to keep your eye on. So we're just going to go through some of the teams that catch us, catch our eyes with their win totals. Um, we are going to NBA.com for the win totals, so everyone can find that pretty easily. Ben, what's a team you want to talk about first, whether you want to go over, under, or push it? What's what's the team you want to talk about? Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Their projected win total next season is 51 and a half. Um, and there is still a lot of turmoil right now within that organization. No idea what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. Um, he doesn't want to be there. They are a good team when he's there, out there, but there are some huge flaws. Um, I don't, I would go under on 51 and a half. And you bring up a good point with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons just recently said like, I'll hold out. Like I won't even step on the court. So even if he doesn't get traded, like he won't be on the floor to help them win games. So yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think hitting the under on that's probably the smart move. The only chance that they go above it is if they end up making a trade and getting Dame. Um, yeah. It seems like that's who they're after. I'm not sure how legit those talks are or if it's just uh, we're waiting for Dame to request out so we can pull the trigger. I heard this trade offer from Bill Simmons podcast. Go check him out because he's the man. But Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald for Ben Simmons. If the Sixers accepted that, do you think they could reach that win total or no? Um, no. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Um, Tyrese Halliburton's not a good enough ball handler yet. Um, to where he could be like a primary point guard. But I don't know, maybe. They'd be a yeah. lot closer than with the situation they have now. Yes, that and that's – so we have to keep an eye for it. Uh, I know Ben Simmons wants to play in California. I don't know if he has enough cachet to even decide that. Like, if I was – I don't uh, think he does. Yeah, I would send him to uh, Minnesota if I was the 76ers just to make his life hell. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Just so we Sorry know. about that. Yeah, some technical difficulties, but a team I want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns. Um, they were one of the healthiest teams last year by far. Um, I believe Devin Booker missed under five games. I believe the same thing with Chris Paul. They both missed under five games, and they're the two top players on that team. And Chris Paul has been notoriously injury prone throughout his entire career. So Basically, with this number at 51 and a half wins for the Phoenix Suns, I just don't see it happening. I think it's super unrealistic to think that both of those players stay completely healthy the whole season over again. Um, I just it's not realistic. And I think they get hurt badly if one of those players goes down. I think Chris Paul, certainly. Yeah. And Devin Booker, too, because you can maybe slide like Mikhail Bridges to two, but who's who's playing three cam johnson your offense goes down a pretty significant amount so i would stay away from the suns or if you do bet on them bet the under for sure i think the under is probably a safe bet um yeah man losing chris paula hurts this team so much because he is such a like he makes his teammates so much better when he's out there um 
we saw that in the games he played in the playoffs, but like regular season games, he missed too. Like all their role players just aren't that good without a really, really good uh, ball handler to put them in the right spots. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think it's a safe bet that Chris Paul won't be fully healthy next season. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker doesn't get hurt that bad, but I mean, it's, it's definitely like not a safe bet that they will be both healthy the whole year. Yeah. Just um, wear and tear. Um, an extra 10 games, more opportunity for injury. I hate betting on players' health, but it just yeah. seems like it seems like an inevitability for them. Like Chris Paul injured all the time throughout his entire career, and then all of a sudden at age 36 and 37, he's going to put together two Iron Man seasons in a row. It just seems unlikely. Yeah, and they are in the same uh, division as the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors. So they have a lot of very difficult games in their schedule. So, I mean, I think the Warriors will be higher than the Suns. Um, And they're not projected to be. They're not projected to be. And I think that's interesting. That's another team I actually kind of want to talk about. Because in our Western Conference Breakdown episode, I had them as the third seed. That was with the impression that Clay would start the season healthy. He is not. He's waiting all the way till Christmas. And that changes my view on them pretty drastically. And I think because Vegas knows that Clay is coming back and people are like, oh, the dynasty's back. I think they pumped up that number a good amount. I think you should bet the under on Golden State at 48 and a half wins. I don't know if they can reach that win total with Clay missing two months of the season. Yeah, I, I'm, maybe you're right. Who knows what Clay's going to look like when he comes back um, as well. But yeah, I think. It's, it's tough. I really do think the Warriors are a better team this year than they were last year um, without Clay. even. Like, before he comes back, the team that they're rolling out with at the start of the season is going to be better than last year. But still, the West is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason to, to guarantee any wins for them early in the season. And we've um, talked about this. The West is legitimately 13 deep. Like, Every other team, of, well, maybe 12 deep, with the exception of San Antonio Rockets and OKC Thunder, every single team can compete on a nightly basis and make things hard for you. So Golden State without Clay, those first two months, they could drop a game to Minnesota. They could drop a game to a team lower in the ranks, and that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Um, I want to move to the East. There's three teams at 42 and a half wins. And I want to get your take on how realistic those totals are. The Chicago Bulls, the Indiana Pacers, and the New York Knicks are all projected 42 and a half wins. So I'm going to hit the under on the Chicago Bulls. I express my worry with them in the Eastern Conference breakdown. I think they're going to have one of the worst defenses the league has seen in quite some time. Um, Indiana Pacers, I want to stay away from it because one, they're an injury prone team, but the positive side of that is Rick Carlisle is in the building now and they don't have a buffoon running their organization. So it's like the positive is close to 50 wins. In my opinion, the negative could be they're right back in the play in spot because of injuries to miles Turner or Malcolm Brogdon or Sabonis takes a few weeks off. You never know with that team's health. So they're kind of weird. And then the Knicks, the other team you mentioned at 42 and a half, I think that's perfect for them. I think they're probably going to end up a game over 500. I think it's perfect, that number. I am, I'm not sure how I feel about these. Chicago Bulls, I think it's, it's fair, 42 and a half. I think um, their defense is going to be bad. 
DeMar DeRozan doesn't play defense. Um, Zach Levine shows more effort. And if his Olympic run is anything to put any faith in, he'll be okay, at least. Lonzo Ball is good. Patrick Williams is good. Vucevic doesn't care. Um, so that's a tough start in five defensively. Yeah. But I think the New York Knicks are kind of low. I had them be in my fourth seed. Yeah, you did. Um, and I still kind of believe that because the New York Knicks just play with more effort in the regular season than most teams. True. Um, that's just the Tibbs method is you're going to try your ass off the same effort level you'd put into a playoff game. You're putting into a regular random season game. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the Pacers. I kind of feel like this is where they belong. I think that's fair. Um, especially you're right with the injuries. I think if they were a fully healthy team all season, they are close to 50 wins, but they're never that. Um, Brogdon's got tic-tac injuries. Sabonis stays pretty healthy. Um, but Sabonis by himself is not a great team. Right. Because miles Turner gets hurt all the freaking time too. So if you're you're down Brogdon and miles Turner and Sabonis is out there by himself with Levert, you're not going to be winning a ton of games. Right. Absolutely agree. The thing Um, with the New York Knicks because you're higher on them than I am, but there's a lot of R.J. Barrett buzz going on in the offseason right now, hitting uh, threes, turning around, running back down court before the ball even goes in the net type of stuff. And if he does take another leap, which you give him credit for because he does improve every single month that he plays, you're absolutely right about that. Maybe I see even hitting the over for this number at 42 and a half. If he becomes what you think he's going to become, I could see them winning more games than this. Yes. Yeah. I have high hopes for RJ Barrett this season. Third year is where a lot of guys take a bigger leap. Um, now that they know what their role in their team is and they know what they need to work on. Um, I don't know how much I believe like open court hitting threes mattering. Like we've seen it so many times with Ben Simmons. Um, I don't think it matters. He's hitting it in, like, pickup games with, like, other pros in them. Right, right, right. So, like, does that lend itself to success in an NBA arena with 60,000 fans, like, cheering? I There's more pressure. Right. Right. Far more pressure in a normal game. Exactly. Um, But I do think the over is fair. The one thing that's a big question mark for me with the Knicks is Mitchell Robinson's health. Um, yeah. I know he's not, like, the biggest piece on that team, but he is an important piece. Um, and he's never healthy. If he's healthy all year, if he could manage to be healthy most of the year, he adds a bunch of wins to this team. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's just a dynamic athlete and I think it just gives them more big man depth. Excellent hands too. Excellent. An unbelievable lob threat. Yes. Um, I don't even really count him like as on the roster because every single year he, it seems like he misses 30 games plus. So he's just like, I just view him as a nice bench guy that, and like a limited role time player. So yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Mitchell Robinson fan. I wanted him on the Celtics for a long time. It's just the injuries just bother me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think that as a lob threat, he is just like Rob Williams, except he's seven feet tall. Um, and he's mobile as well. Yeah. Just the injuries suck. The fact that he can never actually stay healthy does suck, but if he could, I mean, that's, he'll be helpful. He'll be certainly helpful for the Knicks. Yeah. I want to bring up a team that I want to ask you about, and it's the LA Clippers. So they're missing a top three player in the league with Kawhi Leonard for the entire season. 
their number is at 44 and a half wins. That seems a little high to me personally, especially with how competitive the West is. What's your opinion on that number for the Clippers? I think that they could hit it. Okay. Um, I, when we talked about the Clippers, you had more of an idea that they were kind of taking this regular season off, um, that Paul George is going to sit a bunch of games and Reggie Jackson is going to just take over taking 25 shots. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of like an experience year for the young guys. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they're really going to do that. Um, if they have an idea that Kawhi will come back ready to go, they might want a good seed going into the playoffs. Um, I think if they really, really wanted 44 wins, they could get that. Yeah. So I did say in the Western conference breakdown that I thought they were probably going to throw in the towel. I have changed my thinking on that just because I think Paul George could potentially put together a season like he did in OKC this year. I think he could go like 26 points, six rebounds, six assists with like two steals game and just fill up the stat sheet. That would not um surprise me at all and this is the team who beat the jazz in two straight games to take them out of the playoffs and pushed the suns a little bit in the western conference finals without Kawhi. so like this is still a pretty good team all their role players are better than other teams role players reggie jackson is good i'm interested to see what he is with a more defined role with more minutes and more responsibility i'm curious if the efficiency translates but i mean their role players are good enough to make them compete every night with a lot of teams so that's what i think too um they paul george could have another season like he had another almost mvp type season um i'm expecting that because he was at 50 50 90 people forget last season for months for more than one month he was at 50 50 90 um which is just unreal um i don't they're role players they have a couple of really good role players but i don't know how productive i think uh the guys outside of the top six are gonna be like keon johnson not expecting much from him yeah um justice winslow they have i think that's a really good team for him to go to um because if it works out that'll be perfect if not really it's not a big risk yeah um 44 and a half i think is like fair i think that's where i would put them yeah i think it might be a tad high but honestly if i if you agree with the argument we just laid out i think you should put money on them to go over because i think paul george doesn't get enough credit for being an elite player just because of his playoff blunders. But in the regular season, I mean, there's no debating. He's a top 15 player in the league in the regular season. There's no debate. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I want to move back to the East and ask about one more team or just another team. Yeah. 33 and a half wins the 24th slot, the Washington wizards. I think that that's low. I think that they're fighting for a play in spot this year. Um, you look at the division they're in and they play the Hawks, the Magic, the Heat, and the Hornets. Yeah. Um, Hawks and Heat are clearly better. Magic and Hornets are winnable games every time. Um, how do you feel about 33 and a half wins? That was one of the numbers that stuck out to me as like, that seems low. Just because Brad Beal is on that team, who's a 30 point per game scorer, you get Spencer Dinwiddie. If he's anything like himself before the injury, he should be all right. 
Kyle Kuzma is going to get in that lineup. Rui Hachimura has more time to develop. Uh, Tom Bryant's coming back from the ACL. Like they have a new infusion of talent on that team. Denny Avdia is coming back as well. Me and you both like him a lot. Mm -hmm. So they're deep. And that's why it kind of surprises me. They're at 33 and a half below a team. Like, I don't know. But then I look above them. Below Toronto? I think Toronto's going to have a big bounce back here. So this is where I... I want to go like transition into something I was about to say is these are these three teams in the East, Washington, Minnesota, I mean, sorry, Washington, Toronto, and Charlotte. I wouldn't touch any of those teams. None of them. There is Mm -hmm. so much variance in those three teams. I think Toronto had to play all last year in Tampa Bay. We talked about it in the Eastern conference breakdown. Charlotte LaMelo could go for 23, six and six or 23, eight and eight, and just absolutely dominate and become an all-star next year. Or he could just like slightly improve. And then they lack depth at the guard spot now and their center spot still isn't proven. And then Washington, we kind of just laid it out. They have a lot of new talent, but like, does it fit well? Does Bradley Beal lead to winning games? So those three teams, like I would not put any money anywhere near them. I want to put money on the over for Washington. Um, people that I, I just want to, if you didn't, if you watched the wizards last year, I'm sorry. Um, but watching Scott Brooks and watching Scott Brooks coach teams is frustrating. Yeah. Um, he's not really good at what he does. I think Wes Unsell jr. Is going to be a clear better coach. Um, and if he has, he puts them, he gives them any sort of direction. I think they will be a, such a better team than they were the first half of last season. Um, they have a big lineup. That's why I like the Wizards. Spencer Dinwiddie is big. Kyle Kuzma at small forward's big. Um, Rui Hachimura is not very tall, but he's pretty solid for his size. Thomas Bryant's a seven-footer. Um, that's a big lineup. So if they're not really individually talented defensively, at least they've got a lot of size out there. Um, Charlotte's a big iffy. Um, Gordon Hayward's health is a big, big, big factor. And then how well the centers pan out is really those are the big two. Um, they could be higher than 38 and a half. They could be as low as like 28 if they have a stinker year full of injuries. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about them. Yeah. And I totally agree. Charlotte with that center spot is concerning. LaMelo's defense. I know we give him credit for being like a gambler on defense, right? Like he'll stick his hands in passing lanes and get transition buckets for it. But mm-hmm. overall, like he's not sitting in a chair, stopping people. He shows effort on that side of the court, but he's still like very raw as a defensive player. So I don't expect that defense to be very good either. Um, those three teams, me personally, I would stay away from. Yeah, I think it's fair. Toronto, I have no idea what they're going to look like. I have no idea what they want this season. Um, who knows how that team will go. Um, I want to pick two teams, one in the East, one in the West, that I feel like are both pretty high. Just ask you which one you want to talk about. Um, at 48 and a half wins, the Miami Heat are at number eight. At number nine, the Dallas Mavericks at 47 and a half. Um, so the team I want to talk about is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think that 47 and a half is actually reasonable for a team like that because you have a universal superstar in Luka Doncic who's just going to be able to carry that team on his back. Um, I know I've said that I want Jason Kidd to take the ball out of his hands a little bit, but if they're going to reach that number, it's because Luka has the ball in his hands every single possession. So 
If they stick to the James Harden theory and just let Luca cook, I think you can expect that number to be realistic. If they try a new offense, they try to get Kristaps Porzingis involved and Tim Hardaway involved and other players, I wouldn't be confident in that number. So I, that might be a stay away for me just because I don't know the play style that Jason Kidd's going to run for them. That's interesting that if you give Luca less touches, like less than a James Harden role, his team's going to get worse. Um, I think you're probably right, but I think that's a bummer. He's got to like learn how to be an off-ball player, and I don't think he has that at all. None. Nothing um, in his yeah, I, you're right, because their bench isn't that good. Outside of Luka, nobody's really that good. Kristaps has good days. Kristaps is an, a, a low-tier all-star on his best day. Yeah. Um, but those days don't happen very often. Right. I don't know, man. Maybe they can get him more involved and get him more of the looks that he likes. Um, but yeah. 47 and a half seems high to me. Yeah, it, it seems high, but it, we've seen James Harden do stupid things with just scoring 37 points per game with like eight rebounds and eight assists. Like there are guys who can just put their team on their backs completely by themselves and lead, yeah, lead right. them to like a four seed, right? So mm-hmm. um, I want to go back to teams I wouldn't want to touch quickly. And there's four of them in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies, the Sacramento Kings, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think everyone knows I'm a fan of them just to watch. But one, they have injury problems throughout their entire roster every single year, it feels like. Cat has somewhat become, like, brittle. Um, I always thought he was going to be on the court 80 games a year just because how big he is. He, he just seemed like he had a frame that would allow him to stay healthy. That hasn't been the case. D'Lo has injury issues. And even if they are all healthy, that defense is not going to be good still. So I would stay away from them. Sacramento, I mean, Luke Walton's there, right, Ben? So Yeah, garbage. Yeah, so that's about enough. Like, we love Davian <laughs> Mitchell. We love Tyrese Halliburton. We like, we like De'Aaron Fox. Other than that, I'm not too thrilled about that roster. New Orleans, rookie head coach bunch of new moves in the offseason have no idea how they fit around Zion it should be a better fit but like I'm not confident in that I don't want to put all my chips in Devontae Graham's basket and then Memphis Grizzlies man I don't know what to do about them they're super consistent they always win around this amount of games but the West just seemingly gets better every year and it feels like they kind of got stuck this year being at the same level it feels like they didn't get better this offseason to me at least Yeah, I'll go in reverse order. Uh, The Grizzlies, they need to make decisions on some of these guys. They have too many young up-and-coming talents um, and not enough solidified good pieces around Jaw. Brandon Clark, I think they got to do something with. Um, His jump shot is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I can't stand it. But, I mean, they're they're a team full of ugly jump shooters over in Memphis. But that's besides the point. DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain. Uh, Dylan Brooks, um, Tyus Jones. These are all a bunch of extra guards. You got to do something with some of them. They have too many players and not enough minutes. Um, they win so much because they're like a, an 11, 12 deep team, and you can just keep throwing new guys out there and being productive. Um, but you're not going to go anywhere with that. Um, and then the Pelicans, I don't know how I feel about them, man. Um, Zion's going to be awesome. I think it's good that they have a bunch of catch and catch and shoot guys around him. 
Um, but you're right. Putting all of my eggs in Devontae Graham's basket. That is, that is very, very nerve nerve wracking. And a rookie head coach. Yeah. Right. It's just right. Um, Sacramento Tyrese Halliburton's going to probably take a bit of a step up. Davion Mitchell is going to come in and be immediately great. Um, but Luke Walton's the coach for the rest of the year and their defense is going to stink. And I just can't see them beating the other teams in the West. Um, I, I just don't know how, like, look at their division. How did they beat the Suns, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers at all? Um, the Timberwolves is the biggest iffy one for me because when they were healthy last year, they beat the Jazz twice. Yeah, at the start um, of the season, and then they finished the season off really well. Right. Um, there are teams, like, actually watch out for when they're healthy, and they're starting this season healthy. I want to I wanna see them succeed, but I just don't have faith, man. It's, I've been burned too many times. Yeah, I think we both agree, like, we want them to do well, but when it comes to putting your money on it, it is not worth going anywhere near it. Right. Yeah, 33 and a half, who knows? Who knows at all how close to that they come? Yeah, and now I want to talk about the worst teams in the league, right? Well, we're going to start with Cleveland. Um, Their over-under is 26 and a half. Um, They won 22 games last year. So the question you have to ask yourself is the additions of Laurie Markinen, Evan Mobley, and Ricky Rubio worth five extra wins out of the 10 games that are added to this next season. I think there's potential for that. I think, I, I know I'm a Cavs homer, but Isaac Okoro probably takes a step up. I don't expect it to be a big leap on offense by any stretch of imagination. I think he has a long way to go on that side of the ball but I think he becomes an even better defender next year. I think Darius Garland gets a little bit better again. Jared Allen, probably similar production, if not a little bit better. And then I think Mobley is just going to be a really, really good defensive player to start his career. He'll probably only average like 12 to 13 points a game, but if he's giving you elite defense, I think maybe five more wins is reasonable. I think it is reasonable um, because all those, all their players are going to get a bit better. Um, Lowry Markin on the, on the team, I think he'll be pretty solid if Mobley and Garland can pass it to him enough. Yeah. Um, he's got to start rebounding too. Um, maybe it doesn't matter on this team with Mobley and Jared Allen because they are going to do a lot of rebounding. But Lowry Markin is legit only a tall man who shoots. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have another good NBA skill. Um, I think 26 and a half is fair for them. Yeah. I think there's a chance. I mean, let me look at. Who's in their division? Um, they have, where are they? They've got the Bulls, the Pistons, the Pacers, and the Bucks. So as long as they play with effort, the games against everybody who's not the Bucks and Pacers are winnable. Exactly. Um, so I think it's fair. And I think them and the Pistons are where I'm thinking like one of those teams is going to jump like four wins above their total. And one of those teams is going to fall way, way under it. And I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think the case I laid out for the Cavs though, is like realistic. I'm not, I'm not going over a board. I think like if you put your money on that, I think that's a good enough explanation to want to put a little bit of cash down on it. Right. Like it seems plausible. And I know we don't, love Colin Sexton but he is 25 points a night so you know you're getting scoring somewhere so I think it's like a reasonable bet to put money on Cleveland for the over it's not crazy yeah um I wouldn't 
because they could do the same thing they did last year and just kind of realize halfway through the season, hey, we're winning too many games. Let's shut the shit down. Exactly. Um, and that's why I kind of want to segue into a different team yeah. that I cannot believe is ranked where it is. Um, we talked about this team having the worst roster in the NBA, yes. um, being unable to get wins, even with one of the GOAT head coaches in basketball, and that's the Spurs. At 28 and a half wins, I would bet the under with my life savings. I, I, I can't understand 28 and a half wins. I agree. They had 33 wins last year. And I think we all kind of agreed. They punched above their weight. They had a roaring yes. start to the season last year. Like, I think they were the sixth seed for like two months or something. Yes. Um, Thanks in big part to DeMar DeRozan, who's no, right. no longer there. And then they just cratered the rest of the way. And it didn't matter how well DeJounte Murray played. It didn't matter how well Keldon Johnson played. Their team just doesn't have enough talent to compete, honestly. Um, I put their roster below everyone in the league. I think the Rockets rookies are better than the players the Spurs have. I think Thunder with SGA, Poku, and Lou Dort, those players are better than everyone on the Spurs. DeJounte Murray deserves a little more respect than that, actually. But he's the one good player on the Spurs, and he's only like above average by a little right he's hurt way too often who is the best player on the spurs is it dejounte murray or kelvin johnson (laughs) what a like that you're you're right jalen green is better than anyone the best player on the spurs absolutely and i think it's not like not necessarily close to not really no like i think jalen green will come in score 20 points per game as a rookie i don't think the top three the top three most talented Spurs right now are Doug McDermott, DeJounte Murray, and Keldon Johnson. Yeah, it's just not good enough to win games. So 28 and a half, you're absolutely right. You slam the under if you are a better because that makes zero sense. They're probably giving them the pop bump, right? You brought it up at the start of the conversation like, oh, they have one of the goat head coaches. But like you said, I don't care who the freaking coach is. It depends who's on the floor. That's right. what wins games. The players right. on the court, and they just don't have it. So I'm with you. You slam the under if you're betting on these teams. Yes. Um, their division has the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and the Mavericks. And almost every team there has got something to prove. Um, and the Spurs just don't. They, they're not fighting for anything this season. I think they could get wins over the Rockets yes. just because the coaching's better, right? There's not really even a competition in that right. regard. Um and the talent's comparable. So I think they could get wins over that, but the rest of the division, no way. I think mm-hmm. the Pelicans would stomp them, the Grizzlies would stomp them, and so would the Mavs. So, yeah, that's not looking good for San Antonio. I do want to move on to the team I just brought up, though, Houston. I think this is interesting because they only won 17 games last year. you got to think about how horrible that actually is. Um, that is not good, and their over-under is – 26 and a half so they're base. if you're hitting the over you're expecting them to get 10 more wins this season are Jalen Green Alperin Sengun uh Josh Christopher and Yabusele no yeah no Usman Garuba thank you Garuba are they worth 10 more wins and healthy Christian Wood and Daniel Tice no and John Wall and John Wall um maybe Honestly, maybe. 
Kevin Porter Jr. too is like a sleeper that people think is going to have like an all-star breakout year. Like people are expecting him to score 20 points per game with like eight assists. Yeah, dude. So, he scored 55 in that one game. Yeah. So is this a, like, are the, is this team sneaking up on me and they have sneaky talent or am I right? And they're going to be bad again. 17 wins in a season is pretty pitiful. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. They they pushed the pace ridiculously last year. They were top 10 in pace and then bottom 10 in pretty much every stat, offensive rating, net rating, defensive rating, uh, points per game, all of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to be much better than they were last year. I think Jalen Green um, just by himself adds a lot. I think Alperin Schengen adds a lot. Um, Jay Sean Tate should get a little better. I, I think they could be uh, where they were put here at 25. I think that's fair. The one concern I have is that young teams have proven time and time again that they're just going to lose. Um, despite the prospects, despite how exciting they are, young teams do lose. And with Houston, I think they have to be one of the youngest teams in the league. With four first-rounders this year, all of them are probably 19 or 20. Um, and they're all joining the roster. I know they have guys like John Wall, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, um, Kelly Olynyk. I think. No, he went to the Pistons. But they have some older players. Um, I don't know, man. I can't really put my finger on them. If I had to choose, I would go under. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I would probably stay away. I probably wouldn't even put money on it, to be fair. I think I think this is one to stay away from. Yeah. Um, I think... I think they're going to hit it, honestly. 26 and a half. I think they'll hit 26 games. Um, they were really, really, really terrible last year. I think John Wall might get a buyout, and that might help their team a bit. Um, but either way, they're going to be a bottom barrel team reg- regardless. Yeah. Um, the lowest win total here is the OKC Thunder at 22 and a half. Do you think that'll be the lowest wins of any team this season? Um, yeah. I think the Magic could have been like, 16 wins this upcoming year yeah actually you might be right with that because jonathan isaac gets hurt markel fultz isn't good cole anthony's not good rj hampton's not good terrence ross is good they don't yeah yeah it's really it goes spurs as the worst roster and then orlando right behind um mm-hmm. in a close battle i think either of those teams could have under 20 wins I think I might go, I might, yeah, I'm going to hit the under with the magic. I think I'm going to hit the under with the magic. One, the East got a lot better this year. And two, they have one of the most depleted rosters ever. And talk about young rosters. They're young. Their yeah. whole freaking team is like under 26, it seems like. So I, I just doubt they string together wins. Uh, Jalen Suggs, like I said, I'm a big fan of his, but he's the best player as a rookie without even taking a step on an NBA court yet. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not, I'm hitting the under for them. And for OKC, I don't know. I might hit the under for them too, because Sam Presti's kind of a scumbag and he, you know, he's just going to pull this Shea Gilgis Alexander for 40 games of the season. You just know it's happening. Yeah. I, I actually think 22 and a half is fair for them. Um, they're not a talented team. So even if they try, it'll be tough. I mean, they, they were winning games last year that they weren't meaning to. So I guess we'll see. Um, I think Orlando and San Antonio are clear bottom. Yes. Um, I think OKC will be a bit above them. Um, let me talk 
the Boston Celtics, 46 and a half wins, ranked yeah. the same as the Atlanta Hawks. That would put us tied for fifth in the East. How do you feel yeah. about that? I think the Hawks are better than the Celtics. Um, they're just deeper. The Hawks are just deeper than the Celtics everywhere. I don't love that we have the same win total as them. I would probably go under. Even though I love, like, you've got, if you guys have been listening all summer long, you know that I love almost every single move that Brad has made. Um, but I just don't, the Hawks, you got to think of the Hawks roster. They are legitimately like 13 deep, legitimately 13 deep. And the Celtics are not that. We do not have that level level of depth. If we suffer an injury, if someone gets COVID, that's not going to go well for the Celtics. Atlanta can sustain something like that and just keep chugging along because of their depth. So I don't, I'm not in love with uh, us having the same win loss as uh, Atlanta. I think Atlanta needs to go higher and the Celtics are right where they're supposed to be. Okay. Um, the heat are at 48 and a half and the Sixers at 51 and a half. I both, I think both of those are going to be lower than projected. Yeah. Um, Bucks at 40, 54 and a half, I think is fine. I think that's accurate, but I think the Hawks are going to be the third seed. Um, so I think 46 and a half is low for them. I think the Celtics, I mean, if you compare the two teams, Celtics have the best player and the Celtics, I think have the third best player. Um, I think it goes Tatum, Trey young, Jalen Brown, and then you can pick someone on the Hawks, maybe Bogdanovich, maybe John Collins. Um, but one in three, I think, are Celtics. I think they probably have, like, seven of the top ten players between the two teams, though. They might, but we That's have the... one in three. Rob yeah. Williams is up there as well. I don't know, man. I think that's a back and forth that um, maybe they get six and we get four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, that's why I think they'll be higher. They're just a, a well-coached team as well. Um, and the Heat are going to get hurt. And the Sixers are going to get hurt. So I think some of those wins are going to go to Atlanta. If the Heat do, because Jimmy Butler only missed games because of COVID last year. Uh, And I know Boston was ravaged by COVID too, but straight up, let's say both teams stay healthy the whole way through Heat and Celtics. You think the Celtics end up with a better record than the Heat? Um, Because I don't. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't think it's that big of a difference, though. Yeah, no, neither do I. I In my rankings uh, for the Eastern Conference breakdown, I had the Heat as the fifth seed and then the Celtics as the sixth, with yeah. the Hawks as the fourth. And I, I still kind of subscribe to that. Um, I think the Celtics are just a step below the Hawks and Heat, just a step. I think that's fair, honestly. Um, Kyle Lowry only played 46 games last year. It was also um, the Tampa Bay thing, though. That's the thing. I can't figure out with any Toronto player from last year, whether it was like, yo, I just don't feel like playing because I'm in a freaking different state, country. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to tell with them. Yeah, yeah, it is hard to tell. I'm not I'm not actually sure. Um, I just didn't have a whole lot of faith in the heat. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler wasn't hurt. He gets hurt all the time. Um. I don't know. I think they would be at like maybe 47 healthy, 48 healthy, but I don't expect them to play 82 games healthy. Yeah. Um, Before we're getting close to wrapping up, I do want to talk about one of the worst teams that we forgot to talk about, the Detroit Pistons, who just added the number one overall pick to their team. Um, 25 and a half wins. 
I think – so they won 20 games last year. So they're expecting six extra wins this year with the 10 games that were added. Do you think that's reasonable for Detroit, considering they just added the number one overall pick and they have a bunch of young players that are probably going to get better? Yes. Yes, I think it's entirely reasonable. I think 25 and a half is very fair. I don't think they'll be far above that if they even make it above that. Um, I think, I don't know, man. Let me check their, let me check their conference or their division. They have got Cavs, Bulls, Pacers, Bucks. It's a tough division for them. Um, but certainly 25 wins over an 82 game season, they could do that. Yeah, I think so too. I think Cade's probably going to give us like 17, five and five as a rookie. Um, and good defense and good shooting, right? So he's going to be a really good piece for them. They still have Jeremy Grant. Killian Hayes is going to play most of the season this year. He was injured almost all last year. I don't know if that's a good thing for them or a bad thing for them yet, but Sadiq Bey, I am a huge fan of. you. If you guys have listened to our podcast in the last year, you know how much I like him. I just think he's a flamethrower that can play defense. And Isaiah Stewart, just a smaller center who really knows how to protect the rim rebound and intimidate people. I think that's a pretty realistic number for the Pistons. I would probably say go over on that one. I think they could go over. Um, They, none of these projections are like worst that we've seen in the like top bottom four that we've seen in the last handful of years. Like none of these records are awful. Um, The Rockets had 17 wins last year. I know it was a shortened season, but the the lowest here, 22 and a half, I think there's going to be teams that go under that. I think so. Um, and so, yeah, I think 25 and a half for Detroit is fair because they probably don't want – they may want to make the play-in, but if they can't, they probably want to try to bottom out and get another good pick. I think, honestly, in the best – for their organization, I think the best move is to bottom out one more time because they had a loaded draft class the year before Cade. They got Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, who both made the all-rookie teams, and they have Killian Hayes, who's kind of a mystery as of right now, but the potential's there. This year, they get Cade, they get Luca Garza, both. I know Cade's going to make a rookie team. Luca could surprise people with his scoring. Um, if they get one more, like, top five pick and hit, they have something really special brewing in Detroit. So from a team standpoint, I think they would probably want to throw in the towel if they started to win too many games, but even if they do, I think 25 and a half is a realistic number. Yeah. I think if, if by some miracle they were play inbound, um, then they would like just stay the course and try to make the 10 seed. Right. Um, but if they're like 11th or 12th and firmly not making the play in, they're just going to tank the rest of the season. And I kind of agree with you that just one more really good piece would be perfect for them. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, before we head on out of here, we have to talk about the two favorites. Uh, Brooklyn and Los Angeles Lakers. Let's talk about Brooklyn first. 55 and a half wins. I'm slamming the over for that. I don't care about injuries. Uh, I'm slamming the over. They will be a 60 win team this year. I don't think that's bold. I don't think that's bold at all. Uh, Injuries scare me, but we've seen that just like they only need one um, of their big three to be healthy and they're a deadly team, Uh, especially when that one is James Harden or Kevin Durant. James Harden just loves that. He is he is so good at being like a one man offense. It's unbelievable. Um, it is unbelievable. Uh, I think sixty is fair. If they were healthy all season, I'd put them at like sixty eight wins. 
Easy. Um, I but there's no chance that happens. No. Yeah, all of these guys are going to at least miss 20 games, honestly. Like, that's just my realistic expectation for them, and I still think they hit 60 wins. Um, for the Lakers, 52 and a half. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. I'll take the over on that. Despite, I'm taking the over as well. Yeah, despite me not being super in love with the playoff prospects of how that team is built, I think if LeBron decides to take a night off, Russell Westbrook's going to start drooling so he can get a uh, triple-double. I think Anthony Davis is going to be healthy again, which is huge. He probably ends up missing 20 games anyway, but if he is healthy from the start of the season, that's good because he didn't even start the season last year healthy. So I I think they probably go over. I think they're around 60 wins as well. I think probably 58 um, is where they'll end up. They're a really, really talented team. Um, injuries are a big thing. We'll see how long AD can stay healthy because he's always struggled with that. Um, but Russ is going to play most of the games, and Russ and LeBron are going to play most games together. Um, and I think, I mean, who knows how Russ fits in with other stars legitimately. It was so weird the way it worked in Houston. Um, like it was so dysfunctional for a while. And then when it finally worked out, so strange the way that it actually worked out. Well, the reason it worked out was because they centered the entire offense around Russell Westbrook. Right. And then in Washington, they sucked for a long time. When they started winning games, guess what they did? Centered every single possession around Russell Westbrook. That's not going to be what he is on this team. They're not going to say, hey, Russell Westbrook, control the entire team. It's not. They have LeBron James, who's probably the second best player of all time. And Anthony Davis, at his peak, I would take over Russell Westbrook at his peak. So, like, there's two players that are better than Russell Westbrook on that team. I just, I don't see, I don't know. I'm so curious how they end up, but. I'm still going to take the over, I think. My prediction is he will float in the background um, for most games. And then when LeBron and AD are missing games and he's the man, he is 30-point triple-doubles on 25 shots. What do you predict, real quick, what do you predict his three-point percentage to be next season? 28. 28%? Yeah. I want to see him crack 30. I want to see him, like, do well. Because they're going to be wide open, man. He sucks at wide open threes. Um, yeah. I I want to see it at like 31%. I think in an empty gym, he shoots 31% from three. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, I, just don't, right. I don't have a lot of faith in that jump shot. Yeah, um, it's ugly. His misses are worse than any other player in the league's misses. And yeah, like they are hard them. bricks off the backboard. There's a reason, yes, there is a reason why his nickname is West Brick. <laughs> There's a reason for that. So I just think, oh, like we said, for the breakdown, like the overwhelming talent probably lends you to put money on the over there just because they got more talent than everyone else in the league. Yes, yeah. Uh, LeBron James and people who know how to shoot a basketball are an excellent team. Um, he's going to get Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Kent Bazemore, the best threes that they have gotten in their entire career. Yeah, yeah. So I think that wraps everything up. Before we head out, is there another team that you're just eyeballing that you want to get a quick second in? Um, Milwaukee Bucks, one game under Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn will sky past their 55 and a half wins, yeah. but I think Milwaukee's staying at 54. 
totally agree. I think they probably end up winning 55. I think they hit the over. Mm-hmm. And one more team before I want to get out of here, Portland, I think you should hit the over. I think they're going to come up and sneak up on people. I think people are so distracted by the Dame talk. I think they're going to just end up winning more games than people expect. So yes, if Dame yeah. sticks around, I'd put him at 48 wins. There you go. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Ben, do you got anything to say before we get on out of here? I got nothing. See everybody. Thanks everybody for listening in. If you want to interact with us at the chase down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and blogger at the chase down pod to join the conversation. Peace everybody.